0: Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. Each week we discuss a software design problem and how we might solve it using functional principles and the closure programming language. So Christoph, what are we going to talk about this week?
1: Well, I have been thinking about, way back when I first started programming in Clojure, you know, I was messing around with the REPL a bunch. You know, all these examples, it's really just getting a handle on the syntax. So doing, you know, tr- basically treating like the REPL as a glorified calculator. Oh, let's oh, do yeah, some totally. multiplications. Yeah, little expressions, little toy expressions. You know, run a little map, a little filter. Yeah, a lot, a lot of going back in your
0: history and 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 trying different functions or sorry, different arguments to the same functions. Learning
1: the vocabulary, the language. Right, just just kind of fiddling around, really, to just get a feel for it. And so I got to the point where I wanted to do something a little more substantive. And I thought, well, I should make a nice little encapsulated thing. Cuz you know, you learn oh oh, it's all about encapsulation. You make a class, it represents a solution to a problem. It's all encapsulated. And something I've done before in the past is is implementing like a little like a little game, like a little game state tracker, like yeah. tic-tac-toe, like like A tic-tac-toe game
0: yeah it's a, a game is a really good um exercise for building software and trying to design something because you know it's not just you know a very complex calculation that you can have in one function call it's something you you kind of you start off with a known start state and then you have to like it move it forward but the way you move it forward there's like a you know, endless possibilities. You don't know who's going to go first, who's going to go second, who's going to win. I mean, you know, so like tic tac toe is a good example because there's everybody knows the rules of tic tac toe. Um, there are well defined semantics around that.
1: Right. It's a real simple game. Um, it it's pretty universal. But yeah, but it's it's a simple game. Like at the end of the day, it's a simple game. And so in the past, like you know, oh, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to make a class. I'm gonna call the class tic-tac-toe and it's gonna keep track of the game. And I'm gonna write little methods that are gonna advance the game. So so I'm gonna have some data members. I'm gonna have one called board and it's gonna be a 2D array, right? So three, three rows inside of an array of three columns, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And then and then a flag for like whose turn it is. So like zero is it's O's turn. You know, zero, O, oh, get it? Okay. And then <laughs> one is X. And and then it, and then I'd write a function called turn. And so you'd call the turn function, and you'd give it like a row index and a and a column index, and then a number one for like X wants to go in the upper left hand corner, and zero zero. Yeah, totally. And then yeah, I'd reach in, and it would just like flip. So you'd initialize a game board to like a bunch of negative ones. And then it would go in there and it would flip that spot in the 2D array and turn it into a one because X is going to go in there.
0: Yeah. And then if you wanted to like track, you know, who played what throughout the game, you'd have like a, uh, you know, a plays array and it would just have in it, you know, who went first, who went second, who went third, and, and what, where that, what location in the array that they, that they chose. Um, so that, you know, at the end of the game, you can, you can print out what, what happened in the game? Like, who won? Here's the sequence of moves. And, you know, and then if you wanted to make a new game, you'd have to, you couldn't reuse that same game. You'd have to make a new game,
1: a new engine class or a new engine object. Right. Right. Yeah. And so that plays, you know, if you're really doing the C at C thing, you'd be like, okay, there's nine moves maximum, you know, and then, and then you have like a turn counter. And then you like reach into the turn zero and then you write the play into index zero and then turn one. You write the play into turn one, it, index one, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then you just, oh, we, we have a new game. Just make a new instance of that class. There you go. Right. So then I, uh, so I'm like, I'm going to make tic-tac-toe enclosure. This is going to be great. So I, I'd be like, I'm going to have a map and then I'm going to have this board key in the map and then the value is going to be like a 2d list like a list inside of a list and and a you know same same structure bunch of negative ones and then you know another flag like whose turn it is and then i go to write a function and then i'd be like totally stuck because it's like wait i can't i can't just like reach into index 00, zero in this 2d array and like set it to 1
0: <laughs> yeah totally there is no function you know set value enclosure and so you look around and you find oh there's this this one called a soche. you know it's like oh it's good this is this is how i set so you call that on it and then you look at the original value and nothing's changed and you're like right. wait what happened then you go look at the function signature and you go oh it gives me something back and you know it's like oh it made a copy of it you know which is the whole idea behind um you know the immutable data structures you know the big the big concept but the practical reason, the, so the practical effect is that you get a new ver, a new version of that data as a, as, a, as a distinct copy, that, and the original one is not modified.
1: Right, and so I, this, this whole, like my whole world was changing, right? Because instead of just having this class that would reach into this 2D data structure and just pivot, and then this 2D data structure gets mutated over time, I had to rethink how that was done. So now this I have to write this turn function that takes like this map, this game, we'll call it the game state map that had, you know, the board key in it with this like 2D list, and then it had like the turn key in it. And then and then it would have to use a so with like index zero zero, you know, it'd be like colon board and then zero, zero, and then the value that we're going to associate and and then I have a reference to this new version of the board so it's like I got this let block and it's like okay new board is bound to this association on the old board and then the turn has to flip right so the turn was set to to 1 because it was x's turn and now the turn needs to be set to 0 so then it's like i have okay this variable new turn right and then i basically you know set it to Whatever, and then this thing has to return. It has to like return an, a brand new map um, with the new turn and the new board. And yeah, totally.
0: And then um, so now you have now you have two values. Now you have two states. And if you want to take a, a third turn or a second turn, now you have three states. And so I remember in the Repl, I'd have like you know def state one, and then call the function, and then def state two, and that would call the function passing state 1 into it, and then def state 3. So, I'd end up with a bunch of variables or a bunch of values, like, laying on the floor. And, um, and so, it was like, how, how, do you, how do you handle, like, it's almost like the new value, like, pops out of the machine and you got to grab it or else it's going to fall on the floor, you know? And so, where do you, so where do you put it, you know?
1: Right, because back when I was doing this in OO, I would write a, a really a toy little program and it would have, like, the class definition you know, in a file, and then, you know, let's say I'm in Java, and so I'd write my my Tic-Tac-Toe class, and then I have another file that has my main, or I just put my main in my Tic-Tac-Toe class sometimes, because it's static, and then I'd make an instance of it, and then I would just have a bunch of these, like, imperative lines, where, you know, I would take that reference, that, like, game, you know, it's like, okay, I'd make Tic-Tac-Toe game equals new Tic-Tac-Toe, and then I'd have game.turn, you know, and then I'd, I'd have a print function. Then game.print, and it print out the state. And then game.turn, and then game.print, and game.turn, and game.print. And i just list all these out. But, but now in Clojure, I have this problem because, like, game.turn doesn't change anything. It gives me this new reference. So I end up with these, like, let blocks where it's like, okay, game equals, you know, this, this, this new, this map and then i would call turn on it and be like okay you know game 1 and yeah. then i I'd, I'd call turn on that and then game 2 and i'd call turn on that and assign that to game 3 and then and then i'd have like you know print print line you know game 1 print line game 2 print line game 3 <laughs> yeah. right yeah totally
0: um, but then if you yeah. didn't if you didn't need any of those intermediate states i remember it was like i, I would end up with these functions where that you know it's like nine nine lines of let block and then one line of actual function um, but right. then if I don't care about any of those intermediate states, I just want them to flow through. You can just nest the function. So, you know, you you, op- you have like nine open parentheses at the beginning of your function. And it's like, you, if you look at the, at the far right end, at the far tail end, there's your initial state and you can see the intermediate values as you go back to the left.
1: Right. You have this aha moment where you're like, oh, okay, this turn function takes a game state and returns a game state. So I can pass that into the turn function again. And so you have like parentheses, 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 turn, (laughs) you know, Uh, well, it's like parentheses, turn, parentheses, turn, parentheses, turn type thing. Yeah, totally. And It's like all nested. Right. And then and then you like build it up. And so then some, somewhere in my closure experience, I learned about the threading macro. And it's like, oh, I get it, right? I, I have this thing. It's like really symmetric. It like takes a game state map and it returns a game state map. So I'm going to like put the initial state at the top of the, you know, thread, like single arrow thread. And then I'm going to, in the threading macro, I have turn, 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 turn. And then at the end of this thing, I have the game state after that many turns. That was like a huge aha for me.
0: Yeah, and as long as everything inside of there does obeys the rule of taking taking a state and returning a state, you can do all kinds of things. You can even break apart the turn and do different things, where like you can have a pass or you can have a. I mean, I don't know why you'd have a pass in, in tic tac toe, but hey, let's we're just say, up our own let's one. just
1: say you have a pass because this is our tic tac toe game, so we're just gonna do it. Yeah. Right? So you write a function that's pass, and all it does is flip the turn, right? Yeah, totally. And then you can even have something that
0: does something like print it out. So it, it would take the state in, print it out, Oh, but it needs to return the state because it needs to obey that, that pattern. Um, so even if it doesn't right. change it and make a new value, it still needs to obey the pattern for the thread macro to work. Um, but then you have this nice, clean, you can see how things go through. It looks imperative, but... Uh, but in reality, you're actually creating new states along, along the way.
1: Right. it's like a it's like a reference bucket brigade, right? You call a function <laughs> with a reference to the original state and then it, it it does it makes a new thing and returns a reference to this new thing, which you then need a bucket brigade into the next call of the function. And then you know it's like so thread is just like the reference bucket brigade since everything returns a new reference right
0: <laughs> yeah totally well what 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 if we what if we wanted to represent the turns as their own data structure we, we you know a turn is not just a set of arguments it's actually like its own data structure and so we can take the the state and we can we can we can pass in one turn or what if we have three turns to do would we have a function that takes three turn objects or would we call the turn you know
1: a function three times with each one of those in sequence like how right right so you have like turn being maybe just uh a pair of um like coordinates right yeah. because the game the game kind of knows whose turn it is it's like it knows its x and it knows its o so so you just it's like a it's like a list of coordinate pairs right that could be that could be like a transcript of a game a list of coordinate pairs yeah totally and so so like if you have let's just say you have a list of like zero zero followed by a list of zero one, right? So it's like X went in the top left corner, row zero, column zero. And then O goes next to that in row zero column one. And and so so now you can represent like a state of a tic-tac-toe game by just listing a sequence of turns. It kind of reminds me of like chess notation.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, but then you, you it's like a it's like a a, a... Uh, Yeah, like I like the the word you said, a transcript, how it it shows this is the this is this this is kind of what the humans did or the what what the players did, uh, instead of just showing you here's the 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 nine different um state representations because I think it makes more sense that way,
1: right? You have like the list of terms and you can kind of derive, if you will, derive the board after that list of turns,
0: yeah, totally. So then, how would you take that list of turns and 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 use it to create the final game state um this is well i
1: think your your aha moment right like instead of just passing arguments into the turn function i mean you could you you could pat you make this this tuple if you will this list of two things as like your turn representation right Mm -hmm. and then you make your turn function take a state and then take this turn object or whatever you want to call it and then give you a new state back yeah definitely And so then it's like you want to send a bunch of turns through it. Um, What would you do? Yeah. So that that's that's one. It's a function that I learned about
0: pretty early on, but always had always struggled with until I kind of understood that um, that it's just taking. It's basically doing the threading macro that we just talked about earlier, where it takes something and then is basically applying it again and again to the state, and it's the function called reduce. So you you reduce is something you can do. You can take an initial state and then a, a list of things you want to do to that state, uh, or at least maybe a list of arguments. and then uh, you can you can combine that together in such a way that that reduce will actually apply each the function to that state with those arguments in sequence until it's done and then they'll give you the result
1: back. Right. So if you like see you have a threading block like single arrow threading block, right? and and it's just like turn 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 yeah it's all the same thing it's you're you're just running the same function every time right to just advance this game and so you could be like aha okay let's let's write reduce let's give it the turn function as a so-called reducer function that takes the current state and then the next turn and then it produces a new state and then and then you feed in like your initial state which would just be like, you know, the brand new game. And then you feed in a list of turns. And then you, so you run reduce on this thing. And then what do you get out? You you get the game after all those turns have been taken.
0: Yeah, definitely. And one thing that's really cool that I found um, a while ago too is that there's actually another function called reductions, which will actually give you a, a list of all nine or however many, you know, turns you had. All of the states, the intermediate states. So it's, you can actually it's, go back yeah, and look at Yeah, reductions
1: is... Right. Reductions is mind bending, right? Because it's like it does the opposite of like, instead of just giving you the last thing, like gives you a list of all the things that were made along the way. So for me, that was like a mind blower. Like all I had to do is write this like little game logic thing. And now I can, I can literally see any state that ever existed over the course of that game (laughs) using reductions,
0: yeah, so cool. and then you can write them down or log them out or whatever. And, you know, it's it's really useful when you have things that are a lot more, you know, we'll call them businessy, where you you want to know something that, you know, you want something that where you you know where you're trying to to accomplish something more more significant than play tic tac toe. Um, so in tic tac toe, you probably only want to know the, the end result. Um,
1: but right, um, yeah, right. But it's just it was just like, oh wow, I can. You know, in the imperative way, I would have print every other line so I could see the, the state of all. But now in the REPL, I can just call reductions with this turn function and this, you know, game initial state and then a list of turns and boom, I can see the game get played, right? I see the board get printed out, you know, for yeah. for each of those. Yeah,
0: and that's and that's one of the like, you know, the things you get when you start using a language like Clojure that has immutable data structures is that you get that. All the previous versions of the game, you you get that with as little uh, as little duplication as possible. You know, in object oriented programming, you know, as soon as you play a new turn, that previous instance of uh, the previous you know universe is now gone, and 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 you're only living in the current one. But but in closure, you can have all the existing all the pre existing universes all at once in data, in, in memory, so that you can actually inspect them, or print them, or do whatever you want with them.
1: Right, like all you had to do was write the core logic, and and then now you get to decide, do you want to see all the universes? Do you want to just see the final universe, right? Do, do you want to just take one step at a time, right? In in OO, because it mutates, you lose the option of all seeing all the universes along the way, unless you write even more code to To capture each of those universes like a clone function or something.
0: Yeah. Oh man. So many times I'm writing a clone function in Java and and getting unexpected results because you never know what is what is linked because of because of mutability. So immutability. Right. You get out of that whole thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's been it's been a lot of fun talking about this today. I think man. Talking about a game is a really good way of talking of discussing mutability and immutability and how they impact your design. Um,
1: yeah, games have to change state. That's like games are boring if they don't progress, right? So it it like forces out that problem. Yeah, it really. It, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Well, cool. That was that was a really, really, a really fun conversation. Thanks for listening. You can find our show notes and past episodes on the web at closuredesign.club. And
1: we're also on Twitter at Closure Design. And we would love to hear from you. Go ahead and send us an email at feedback at closuredesign.club. We would love to get your questions. We'd love to hear your feedback, and just send us your stories. We we love those too. We'll be back next week. Until then, try to reduce your mutations.